Cork's most respected and innovative entrepreneurs. Ernest Cantlin is the owner and operator of two of Cork's best-known hospitality establishments, Sober Lane and Electric Bar and Restaurant. Co-founder of the rapidly growing Kinsale Spirit Company, a dad, a husband and an all-round gentleman. I feel very grateful that he has taken the time to chat to me this morning. Welcome, Ernest. When you start the introduction, I thought somebody else was joining us. This is very embarrassing. Stop. He's but, uh, modest too. Thank you. Lovely, lovely introduction. Very delighted to be here. Thank you, Ernest. So I'm going to go back to the beginning. You thought you wanted to be a chef. You ended up studying commerce in UCC. How did that come about? Yeah, um, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. My Both my parents are solicitors. Most people may, might know that. My dad isn't, maybe not that my mum because they didn't work together, but... Um, all the way up, they both worked uh, as solicitors and my brother and sister are solicitors now too. Ah, oh, very good. So maybe it was because I was the only one who couldn't pass the exams. Ah, uh, but dumb. no, I, I did, it's funny, I didn't think about doing it. What I mean by that is I kind of assumed that I would because everyone else assumed that I would and I'd say, my dad probably did too. We have the same name and we kind of never chatted about it but for summer jobs where we've been in there shredding paper and photocopying and um, uh, so I, I would have, and I, I studied, so I think one of the main reasons I went to college was um for the crack. Well, for the crack, yeah. My, my, my dad would be very practical. He said, look, it's, you get to put real life off for four years. I wasn't particularly good at rugby, but I love playing it. So you mm. can play rugby for another couple of years. You can, you know, you can live at home and, and go, you know, do things like the J1 visa or whatever. So, um, uh, and I was always interested in business. Uh, yeah. Always interested in like stocks and shares in a very amateur way, but just interested in those things. So, um, so commerce was a good uh, fit yes. for me. Yeah. And it, it I was able to do law as a subject, so it kind of kept that back door open. And yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, in case anything changed, yeah. And I, I was always interested in hospitality, in the to some extent, the same way that I know I'm in that I love uh, dining out and I, I love hotels and to some extent, I guess who doesn't? But I, I kind of love seeing how they work and would have always watched those TV shows before there was even a thing. Um, and do you find yourself now, if you're in another restaurant or in another bar, observing everything I, and seeing, or do ti- you switch off? There's a time that I would have, and lots of my colleagues uh, say that. I am not so much anymore. And I think part of that is because I probably don't think I'm happy with Soberlane Electric, and I love them, and I can't, I don't really really I couldn't imagine them not in my life. Yeah. But in the same breath, I'm not so sure I can imagine opening another place either. Famous last words, but yes, yeah. so I I kind of am not really looking out as much uh, as, as I used to be. Like, yeah, yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and you talked about, I, I know your family have a very successful law firm. So it was kind of in the back of your mind a little bit, but you decided, no, I'm going to carve my own path. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so my, you're from a self-employed background too. So yeah. like, you, you know, the pros and the cons. Like, mm-hmm. it's really hard. So and my dad again. <laughs> still gets up at quarter past six every morning. He's at his desk for quarter seven every morning. He, you know, would never see him before the evening at seven o'clock. So he he, he adores it, and I, I I suspect that's probably why he he does Keeps those hours. It, yeah. But for me, I was saying, whoa, okay, you know, like that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. and also, um, I love, um, meeting people and being out and about, and, um, I've, I could even see from like trying to study at my desk for for any duration of time in college that um, like being in one place for a long time was going to be yeah. tricky for me, um. So that was probably what made me think that law wasn't for me you know the the structure of it Um, and I think when you're good when you're when you're an outgoing person and you enjoy socialising that is a real strength to have when you can put that into play in your day to day work because not not everyone has that you know it's funny I I probably think his success 
subconsciously thinking back you know once you get older and wiser but you kind of get more insights or kind of get to know yourself more mm. remember thinking like okay we've the same name like it's going to be a big shadow you know what I mean yes. that's, that's going to be he set the bar high maybe shadow yes. is the wrong word but um, I'm going to say big shoes to big fill big shoes yeah. you know what I mean um, yeah. how, how do you yeah how does that work you know what I mean yeah. Um, yeah. how are you going to just you know find your own path but like that's the bar you know yeah. what I mean so yeah. um, totally get that so kind of do my own thing in, in hindsight like ups and downs but I, I'm kind of when you say happy with it, you don't know what an alternate route would have been like. But I think now, even subconsciously, okay, I can see why I didn't go that road down that road. Like you know, of course, sure, you're yeah. so successful. Oh my God, talking about success, um, I wanted to ask you: at 22 years of age, you borrowed 1.5 million euro from the bank yeah. to follow your dreams and own your own bar. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what led you there? And I think, did your dad give you some good advice at the time? He gave me some money, more importantly. That's <laughs> the only reason I could do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's funny. So I I, um, I I started college when I was 17. So I finished when I was 20. I didn't oh, do yeah, a, so you were quite young starting, yeah. So I, I um, still thought I might want to be a chef. So so I spent the guts of a year training to be a chef, uh, commie chef, I suppose, as I was then. Never worked in any didn't any kitchens, mm. but it did that. It was a it was was it, it wasn't Foss at the time. It was it was some yeah. Spin-off. Actually, Probably loved was it. Foss, I'd say, was it? It was. They wrote it back into Foss, but it was some spin off of Board Fault at the time. They did okay. bar, restaurant, and and kitchen training. Um, down Albert Road, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I went straight from that c- course started before my college exams finished, so I started that late, and then. What I went into my first job, which was managing a bar called Cleaver Startup. So I, oh yes, in like eighteen months or two years, I packed in a lot. That was how I ended up kind of at twenty two. So I, I did the chef training, loved it, and then um, I realized then that I didn't want to be a chef. And the biggest frustration actually was um, the disconnect from the customers. Okay. So you you slave away, you know, making this food and you know, to make them happy nearly, and for them well, to then enjoy a it, and drops not it down, see. and they're like, "Oh, thanks very much." Here's the tip, <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah, in yeah. the kitchen looking out the porthole, <laughs> going like, "I made that," you <laughs> yeah, know, like. Yeah. So um, I said, "Okay, I, I, I want to be the guy in the middle," you know. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I, I thought, okay, let's maybe have a look at hospitality. And a friend of a friend of a friend knew the guy who owned uh, guys who owned Cleavers. And it was they had lots of bars. There's a small bar in town that wasn't really working out for them. They were willing to take a punt. So I'd never really worked in a bar before, but I ended up when I say managing it, it was me and yeah. another guy called Phil, real nice guy, we became friends. Um and because I, I was a year older and I was the manager, he was assistant manager, but okay. we were the only two staff, you know, yeah, yeah. small bar. And we had a great time. So I so I worked there for a year and it went really well. It just clicked. Washington Village buzz was taken off the time and we loads of good stories from we can go into them if you want, or whatever. But we um uh-huh. uh, we they off that those guys who owned it had this partnership model where um you came in as a junior partner and okay. ran that uh place and maybe went well other opportunities came. So they op- off I worked there for a year, went really well. They offered me the chance to buy in and become a partner. Oh, so I very good. Ten percent of it. Okay. Went to my dad and he said, Look, um you can do hundred percent of the work for ten percent of the profits, mm-hmm. or you can do hundred percent of the work for hundred percent of the profits. It'd be good your own boss. Good dad advice. Good dad advice. Yes. So I said, "That's all well and good, but how am I going to end up my own place?" So he said, "I'll back you. I'll give you the deposit." And it was at a time two thousand and five, two thousand and six, when mm. the bank were kind of giving money to anyone. So yeah. he said, "Like you're at a time when it's cheap to borrow, and like you probably will be able to borrow." 
Um, Take so that, it. That's how that kind of happened, yeah. So so it couldn't have happened if he didn't back me and it couldn't have happened if it was in 2006 and, yeah. you know, 2005. So um, That was a great vote of confidence for your dad to instill in you at yeah, such an early age, wasn't it? It, it was, like, in, in hindsight, it was um, it was superb. It was, it was probably madness, you know, yeah. like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for him to offer it and me to accept it, but for him I, to know as well that this opportunity doesn't come across, come come along often, you know. And I, I really had no concept at that stage of how much money that was, mm. so I, it wasn't as intimidating as, as you it would sounds think, now. Borrowing it because I suppose it, I suppose I thought I was buying myself a livelihood, you know, in mm-hmm. a business, and I kind of thought if it doesn't work out, we can sell it, you know, mm-hmm. like so. Um, yeah, it. it it sounds crazy, you know, and it probably was, but it just didn't feel like as big a punt at the time. Okay. And and also, while I was too young to really kind of understand the Celtic Tiger and maybe everyone's until it was over, there was, you know, people my age were buying houses and buying, so instead of buying personal things, I bought a business, you know what I mean? So it was yep. all rel- relative, yeah. And it's great, I think, to have that when someone has such a strong belief and they're willing to back their belief in you, I think that is instilled in you for a lifetime. Um, I know my dad was the same with me, you know. Great confidence and sure, you could do anything, you just put yeah. your mind to it and you work hard and I think that really does stay with you. It's uh, Part of it, I suppose, is because they've done it, they think you can do it, which is nice. And because you've grown up seeing it, you maybe assume you can do it too. Yes. And then... When you borrow that much money, you got to give back. So then you, it's not like okay, I don't like this. I can jack it, and then then it has to work. So <laughs> yeah. off you go. You know, like yeah, and on yeah. you go. Give like, it your yeah. best. You give it your best That's because your only option. yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Um, and you were talking about Sober Lane there. Sober Lane was established in two thousand and five. Is that right? It, we bought the building in two thousand and five. Okay. Renovation opened two thousand six. Yeah. I remember from Sober Lane your genius marketing ideas. One was the flip the coin, Sweet and the one, other yeah. was HMV vouchers. Yeah. When HMV was it was uh, closing down, um, I'm sure, and I know that that has, those marketing ideas had no small part to play in its success. So well done, you! Can you tell us a little bit about these? Because I remember they were great fun. It's funny. A lot of those came from Cleavers, and Cleavers was a small bar surrounded by really busy bars. So okay. like the Raven would have been mental at the time. Reardon's would have been the Mecca still is now, but. Um, so at the time um, one of the big things in Reardon's was I think with some GA connection they were giving away a car oh. everything like how does a bar give away a car, a car so yeah. the same day we had a raffle for a tin of USA biscuits it was just a bit of crack it was like you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and um, that became a thing and then I realised like people just want the crack because yeah. everybody knows they're probably not going to win the car but it's just a gimmick yeah 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 so we we kind of just got into those gimmicky things mm. Low, co- low cost for us and low cost for the punter, low risk. Um, and uh, we... Um, Word of mouth spreads fast, yeah. doesn't so it? And in, everyone wants to be a part of the action. In sober, yeah. So in sober lane, then we just said, okay, well, because we were on the edge of town, we really needed people to... to Come across, people, yeah. I suppose, thankfully, we're, we're kind of established now or more of a destination and food's become more of a thing. We figured out oh, a really good place to start your night rather than end it. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, and I... And every night has a start, but not necessarily an ending. What it means is that you don't always make the nightclub. You don't, but, yes. but you always start the night, mm-hmm. probably. So um, so it, it's ended up being a better place. But in hindsight, it's probably the only place where we could afford to buy a place. You know, we couldn't okay. end up in the middle of town. But, um, so that's where those gimmicks came from. And and what was the flip the, the coin again? So heads or tails? So if you, it, it was odds on a Sunday. So we tried, if the flip the coin came after we were open about a year because we tried everything on Sunday. Okay. We tried. We didn't quite try Sunday lunch, but we tried the food angle, we tried bands, we Mm -hmm. tried being late, open, early, whatever. And then we said, okay, let's just buy a round of drinks, 
flip a coin with the bartender if you win you get the same round again free if you don't you uh-huh, brilliant and, um, yes that was it I remember we at the time Munster were flying with rugby okay. and uh, because the previous owner was was John O'Driscoll and Mick O'Driscoll's oh, yes, brother there was yeah, still yeah. kind of a Munster connection with it yeah. so they, they a rugby feel yes they kept coming in and um, I remember they they uh, came in one day I think they'd been playing in Limerick but the most of Munster team arrived in on a bus mm. and came to us and in my head I want to say it was Paul O'Connell but I don't know if it was it was one of those yeah. players Yeah. and he came up and um, I went to buy him a drink he said no no I want to flip the coin I remember thinking like ah, well if I offer you it's free whereas if you if you flip, flip it you've only a half chance of yeah, winning yeah. but it was nothing to do with the free drink it was just the winning play the you know, game, play the game win, you know yeah. like so um, oh I love it yeah so I remember kind of understanding then that it wasn't so much size the prize it was the taking part not in a cringe way but it was just yeah. a gimmick you know so um, yeah so Sober Lane was kind of built on them and uh, oh, look we'd loads of them there was a rock paper scissors thing on a Wednesday which was probably more fun and more interactive than the flip a coin, but okay. Wednesday's a harder sell. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, we did loads of things like the HMV voucher. So we, the HMV voucher. Because that was HMV was closing down HMV and people closing, had people vouchers. Had vouchers was it? Yeah, okay. and it just, uh, I suppose, we were trying to, we were confident that if people saw what we were doing, they would like it and come back. And it stick was around. getting them the first time. So we said, okay, so there's, you know, 100,000 people have HMV vouchers. And if 10% of them come in, there's 10,000 new customers. Brilliant. And, um, I think we capped the voucher and the value. So we weren't going to get, and once you gave us the voucher, you know, it didn't matter what the voucher was worth, we were honouring it for yeah. 20 quid or something, whatever it was, 10 or 20, I can't remember. So, like, we knew it, it wasn't going to break us and it was... Potentially going to be great. Got lots of press, yeah. whatever. Because yeah. um, I'm laughing, You on your um, Instagram handle, you say that you're a chancer. I think you're a marketing genius. Like, to come up with these is... It's funny, we... I. I, I took for granted then being young what I mean is that I um, I adapted social media adapted to it early mm-hmm. whereas now I, I there was a time even I taught social media classes and I really enjoyed it I'm not that avid a user personally probably mm-hmm. because it's so much I see it as a work thing but I can't um, Instagram was the tipping point for me mm-hmm. in that okay I tried to get into Instagram I had used Facebook personally so whereas I didn't use Instagram so I'd go off and learn it and then when Snapchat came and TikTok and I was like so, yeah, so, this is a lot. So I, I use LinkedIn because I, I like it and everything mm-hmm. else then is kind of a bit of an effort to see his work. But I I definitely, we're, even with the gin, I feel we're missing opportunities. And that's where we've, like, mm. uh, the amazing Emer Romani who we chatted about and we've somebody else called Emmett Great and our, girl. our Kinsale team um, who are phenomenal at social media mm-hmm. and, and are far more up to date and have, where they're intern, I've made the effort to learn the new platforms. Yeah. Because um, it's like a job itself, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, up and to for change. me, I just can't keep up. But it's a pity because I see, um, like, I when the energy bills started going crazy, I could see. So I knew there would be a gimmick in, say, charging people less to leave your coat on in the bar, right? Yeah, but I yeah, said, yeah. how can it? Okay, that's for sober lane, not for electric. How can you do it in a way that doesn't seem too moisty? I said there is an angle in the somewhere, but yes, you have to be careful. I can't yeah. really get my head around it. So and your then I, your commerce degree, I'd say, is instilled in your brain in terms of. When you see something happening in the world, you're like, this is an opportunity, right? What can I do with so this? So I saw, we probably overthought it. I saw it like a week later on the front of the mirror or something in mm. the, the shop. There was like this guy in Dublin in a pub doing ah, that. Stop. And I remember, but I remember thinking, like before we probably would have done it. Now I'm thinking, is is we probably overthought it. You know yes. what I mean? I didn't know what platform yeah. we put it out and how would it not look miserly. Yeah. Public traditionally can be seen as greedy, rightly yeah. or wrongly. But um, before that would have been a gimmick that 
it just would have been on Facebook for a day and then gone. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Um, so when the pandemic hit, um, you made big changes over in your electric bar and restaurant. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did over there yeah, and where that came from? It's funny. Part of that came from we never would have been able to do electric if it wasn't for the recession because, well, say electric is twice the size of Soberlin. They cost around the same amount of money just either side of the Celtic okay, Tiger. Okay, yeah. And that might sound like electric's great value, but it was way harder to get the money and yeah. it's all relative, whatever. Yeah. So, um, Electric was there 12 years, so I think the recession it was about 10 years. Okay. We'd had some very good years coming into it. 18 and 19 were really good years in electric. But they were good years because they're really busy to- tourist years. It was really big jazz and Christmas. It was a really busy... Um, the weather was really good, which is yes, good for us. I remember sitting outside electric in but, the sun. Yeah, oh, but there's I, nowhere I'd I, rather be in the summer. I felt we were kind of vulnerable because the things we were doing, steaks, fish and chips... I think we were doing them well, but they were things that nearly everybody else in town was doing. Doing also, yeah. And I just kind of felt, I said, okay, we're going to reopen. People are going to, I didn't know things were going to be as different as they were, but yeah. I said, we're going to have to kind of win our customers back all over again. And also mm-hmm. we'd, we'd a reasonably advanced older age profile, particularly in the restaurant. And I said, okay, yes. like these aren't going to be the first people back. So corporate's going to be affected, tourists are going to be affected. And also, so it's funny, it doesn't seem like as big a change, but we stopped doing pizzas so when COVID hit in Soberlane, pizzas for more than half our food sales. Okay. And I had wanted to stop doing pizzas for a while because we're surrounded by pizza so, operators. Oh, yes, like, so yeah. Blank Enterprise, Tom Barry's, Latana, Novacento, Fionbarra's, really good pizzas and yeah. all around us. I said, okay. Like, so when we started doing pizza Soberlane, we were the first bar in Cork to do pizzas. Okay. Then every bar is kind of doing I said, okay, mm. no. Whereas the Goujons are kind of, not the only people in Goujons, but we kind of own that space. I think they're yes. our thing. Yeah. So I said, let's take a punt. We left the pizza oven, we just disconnected, put it in the mm-hmm. corner, we could bring back in a day's notice. Mm-hmm. And it's still there, like, break glass yeah. in case of emergency. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the electric change, it's funny, the pizza in Soberlane nearly felt like a bigger change to me. Okay. But but we, we did, we, we we nearly got electric, we had a massive renovation to it. Oh, it looks fantastic. Thank you. And went for Asian food, kind of because they're the restaurants I like going to, in particularly London, there's mm-hmm. Hakkasan and Zuma, two restaurants that I love. And, um, uh, I and just, there was a niche, wasn't there? there I, I felt that um, Miyazaki had probably proved that people like Asian food mm-hmm. an amazing takeaway and a Michelin star and then kind of nothing between. Mm-hmm. And then um, I felt that you had some really good traditional Chinese restaurants but were were different to what I could see in London and also weren't wouldn't really attract tourists or yeah. corporates which I knew were out there. Yeah. So we just said, let's take a punt. And we kind of were still figuring it out mm-hmm. but um, like so we saw loads of sushi in the summer. We're selling very little now. And I, I think that's a weather thing. Maybe, okay. you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody sold loads of bow buns in the summer. We've taken them off the, the, they were probably our biggest seller in the summer. And then like September, bang. Bang, so big it was like change. somebody said, don't. So yeah. you go to Dublin and there's a new bow bun place in every corner. Whereas for us, we couldn't give them away in September. So, yeah. For, and before we would have had that seasonality with menus and opening hours with a different way in electric. So we're still figuring out, but, um, I can see that it is clicking, particularly yeah, in the good. restaurant. It's getting busier and busier, and people are coming back. And it, I think it's only away. starting to come back now. Like there's a lot particularly of people, corporates, yeah, uh, which is great. Yeah, it's great. Well, I love that you're not afraid to take a punt, and you probably regret very little then if you're, uh, um, if I, you're a risk taker. I suppose there's definitely a difference between acknowledging I've made some whopper mistakes and now regretting because mm. we chat a little bit about Soberlin Dublin, and yes, you're, you're I was kind of asking me that yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. mention it. <laughs> so um, it's funny, like I. It's an itch I always had to scratch. I've scratched it now and Faraway Hills aren't that green. Mm-hmm. I still have regrets about it in that um, 
probably for lots of reasons I didn't have my A game on when we did it and I caught between two cities mm-hmm. and, and I just got married so trying to start a family and all those things were and happening the, at the same time so would yeah. I do it again I'd do it differently but but would I actually do it again probably not you know what I mean yeah. because I, it's something I wanted to do and now I've done it it's off the bucket list and you got featured in Time magazine which it's is funny. huge so we, we, we probably had the biggest gimmicks yeah but the the least core so like the gimmicks are great to get you in but when you get you in it needs to yeah and also continue I found um there's definitely, I wouldn't say that sober, that Cork is behind Dublin, but when we, in Cork, it was just, so say 2013, 14, that hipster thing was just starting. Mm-hmm. Everyone had the beards and it was beard oils and tattoos and mm-hmm. it, like, that was coming. Whereas in Dublin, that was over, like they were done with it. Okay. And so we went up with, like, replicating Cork and just that kind of, so we did a, um, we had a brunch menu that had Pop-Tarts on it and, like, people oh just God, wanted Pop-Tarts. eggs. You know, like, but yeah. they, so we thought we were very clever, but that's not what they wanted. Yeah. And also misjudge your location. But um, Well, I like to see know. that because the Go Do You podcast series is also to remind people that it's not usually a straightforward journey to success, that there is always bumps in the road. And I love, you know, I love, not I love to, to see that, but I love to hear about that as an individual because you come across challenges in day-to-day life all the time that you're not the only one that, look, you try things, they don't work out, you get up, you dust yourself off and you go again. Well, I was very lucky. Uh, I had an amazing business partner in Soberland, Dublin. Um, guy likes to stay under the radar, so mm. one name here, but yeah, you yeah. and Norman, and uh, very supportive when we had the plans. And then when it wasn't working out, there was never a, hey, this is what I signed up for. Yes, yeah, yeah, of and, course. And uh, when business don't really work out, like they're very expensive to wind down. So yes. like it was, it was no, you can't just say like a job, yeah. like a job with self-employed, you can't just say, this isn't for me. Yeah, There's a whole, see you later. Like, Getting out of it and trying to keep the shirt in your Staff back process and, and yeah, of course. So, um, uh, like he stayed with us right through it and, and still in good terms. So, I, so I good. was lucky that I had that support mm-hmm. in every sense. Um, and, and then we chatted about swings and roundabouts. So, like that, I like really that took the window to myself for two years in that. Not to use the word grieving lightly, but mm-hmm. like I really, it was like, hard. Oh uh, yeah, because mm. I, uh, I'm. I can't think, but for me it was a big loss. Like you know, I'd, I'd taken a punt on something, and it hadn't worked, and you kind of feel a bit humiliated. Is think it me? Did yeah. I do something wrong? Yeah, what well, happened it, here? Because yeah. you're meeting people, and how's it going? Oh, it's, it didn't work out. Well, or we've sold it, or you yeah. know, a few things. You realise that people just get on with their own life. They don't, you know, like yeah. oh, you took a punt, fair play. You know, yeah. people are far more understanding than you think. And um, oh, it's and so it, admirable because it, it's ballsy, isn't well, it? Uh, for me, the trade-off is. Um, a friend of mine, um, the guy who'd give me the job in Cleaver's day mm. one, so a bit of serendipity there, was starting what we thought would be Kinsale Whiskey to begin with, became Kinsale Gin and is now reversed back to, to Whiskey Engine. But I was around more and I was meeting him for coffee and saying, she's what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. he was kind of in a phase two where he was looking for new projects. So if if Soberlane, Dublin, Kinsale Gin would have happened, but it wouldn't happen with me. Would it? Yes, so yeah, I yes. wouldn't have been back. Um, and I adore that now mm-hmm. that's kind of my day job now Love so if it, it wasn't for the challenges of Sober Lane Dublin then Kinsale's yeah. Company wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been uh, in the team I suppose at the time when we decided Sober Lane Dublin wasn't working we had a few choices we were thinking of changing it to a restaurant we were also very actively looking for one or two more pubs in Dublin Okay. and we had found one um, which would have been a lovely little business I'd mm-hmm. say but in the same breath um, I remember uh, chatting to my wife and saying, okay, if we if we buy a second business up here, we'll never go back to Cork. And yes. the plan was to go to them for a year and launch them. But I was like, okay, you know, 
okay, we're going to buy a house up here. Where and do we want to be? Even yep. back then, buying a house in Dunham was no crack. You know, yeah. None of my known. Yeah. <gasps> Kids going to school here and all our family was there. And so, look, it didn't give it that much analysis at the time. But it, mm-hmm. in hindsight, you know... It, everything works for a reason. Everything works for yeah, a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything you know, you for kind a of, reason. There's a trade-off and I'm happy with how the... The swings and roundabouts have gone, you know. And Ernest talking about the rapidly growing Kinsale Spirit Company. Yeah. Um, it sounds so exciting. Where is it at the moment? Where is it going? Yeah. What does so the funny. immediate future hold, do you think? For Like we started with 100 bottles of gin, mostly for sale just on Bradley's on Roy Main Street. Oh, yes. Been really good to us. And um, like last year, two years ago, was our 100,000th bottle, which was lovely. Wow. Um, and in the same breath, and we'll, that will have doubled probably at some stage next year maybe, but... Um, I don't I, London Dry Gin or, or even probably Drum Shambo maybe sells that in a week or a day or but for us it was yeah, a big yeah, figure yeah yeah huge but, it is so it, it's funny we've been trundling along and now it is very much getting momentum you know what I mean we're, mm-hmm. we're up to a team of about 12 Bad. and some of them we've never even met because they're in other countries and there was half a Covid thing and also just the nature of a business that yeah. exports it's very Exciting. We were challenged before, so we're now doing business in Nigeria, and it looks like that's wow. going to be one of our key markets for whiskey. Like I, you couldn't have seen that one coming. Well, Trying to find Nigeria on a map, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so when we go back to the, the social media gimmicks. Like, I don't even know what platform is big there to try and come up with a Good gimmick marketing for, plan. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm like, okay, we should do something with TikTok for Nigeria. It can sell whiskey and Earl's range, and you're like, you know, yeah, it's like so unknown. It's so unknown. It's, yeah, it's really enjoyable. It's intimidating. It's Fast moving, it's whatever. So it's it's so different, so interesting, so intimidating. But it's, yeah. it's a good buzz. So it, it that business is in a very exciting place. It's in a, a seat of the pants place. So this will be our third year doubling year on year. Fantastic. In, well in, done. In every sense, in, in sales by volume, in sales by uh, turnover, in staff numbers, in countries we're in. But it also means that we need to hire more people. We... Whiskey is a really expensive business because you got to lay mm-hmm. down stock. So we're saying, okay, if this growth keeps going, we need to lay down six million euros worth of whiskey, twelve euros, and you're like, oh where my is god, that money going to come from? And, yes, you know. So um, uh, yeah, it's as I said, it's uh, well, it's not something I don't think whiskey and gin is is, is something that's going to. Um, it's always going to be popular, isn't well, it? What I what I like about it versus um, so when we went to Soberland, I quickly realised we were in the wrong location. Okay. And uh, look, easy to blame other things, but it, it's an, a place that on paper looks great. It's near lots of things, but not next to anyone. So okay. it's, it's actually, so it's really near the Aviva Stadium, but the way people go in and out of the stadium, they actually don't pass your door. So you, okay. may as, you know, cancel that out. Yeah. So you, you, you can't move it, you know, mm-hmm. like so. Whereas with this, so like um, we're really getting placed in the States now, but COVID, the reason we started looking at Nigeria was, was taking forever in the States because okay. of COVID. So we had the chance to look at another market, and we've mm-hmm. looked at other markets that haven't taken off. Whereas with, like, um, there was we with electric, we um we started doing uh, takeaway food during COVID, like everybody yes. else. Yes, oh yes, then yeah, it that was one brilliant. Day and the council decided to build uh, bicycle lanes because um there was nobody around, a perfect time to build them. Yeah, but it completely blocked us, so we oh, couldn't. Yes. But it, like it wasn't like I could move. You know yeah, what I mean? You were stuck. You know, you're, yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. So if Nigeria doesn't work out. You can move, to South yeah. African, you know, like so. Yeah. So I More like freedom. that nature of it. Yeah, yeah I the, love that. The downside is, 
it's going to take more than the HMV vouchers to yes you know like so yes. there's yeah. it's a totally different business it's really totally different isn't business, it yeah. um, I don't want to keep you too long yeah. Ernest but I am interested in your success habits or any daily rituals that you would have that help you and your mindset stay positive and stay focused and appreciative and yeah. keep it's it funny, moving I, obviously this is a snapshot in time so yeah. like I've maybe good habits now and aren't yeah, not, yeah. but so um I lost a whack of weight recently. So since Christmas, well I've done, lost yeah. nearly four and a half stone. So Jeez, I had it to lose. Lovely. And uh, um, I probably was trying to lose it for like 10 years plus. Okay. And um, so so the losing of it has put good habits in place that for the first time ever I found kind of sustainable. So I was lucky enough to be a trialist with Pat Field and Tony Martin's oh, yes. limbo. It was called Viv at the time. Brilliant. That was a game changer for me. Um, and connect with a guy, Joe Hegarty, who has a, a gym and a training thing called Diverse Performance. So they they just clicked with me. Mm-hmm. And I also separated going to the gym from losing weight. So I... Started to enjoy the process. So I, I, I don't do any cardio. I train for my head. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and then I lose weight for... The, the As a result. Of, the, well, the physical side of it, you know what I mean? The, okay. The, the dieting is the, is the well-being part of it physically. And then the gym is the mental well-being. So that... Because I was always mm. doing these training programs and I'd be mad at them and then any excuse not to go or whatever. Yeah, Whereas yeah, it's yeah. the first time I ever actually enjoyed the gym. And Brilliant. the reason I brought that up is that um it made a massive difference to my energy levels. I found before I'd like go to the gym at half six in the morning and it's almost like it was like a like it had to be unenjoyable to be working. Yes, like hard work is Whereas for struggling. me I kinda of slump at four in the afternoon. Whereas that's now when I go to the gym and then I'm in great form putting the kids to bed, have the energy to go back to work, Love sleep it. really well. So I, as a distance snapshot in time, I I hope to keep it going, but it's one of the more sustainable and beneficial programs that I have uh, found. Um, and and while we've come out of COVID with lots of ideas and renovated buildings and changes and expansion, and like it was no crack at the time, yeah. like it was like what are we going to do here? So, but also I, they were closed, so I had the time to concentrate on them. You yeah. know, um, whereas I probably wouldn't have. If, COVID. If so it wasn't the case, yeah. When it wasn't all its challenges and, and whatever else, COVID, um, it, it definitely put me in a good place coming out of it with that stuff. So I think we underestimate exercise as well. We just think about it as getting fit and losing weight, but it does help your sleep. It helps that anxiety. When I parked all that and yeah. just said, uh, for me, anxiety, clearing my head, like so, with business, as you know, comes lots of frustration. Mm. So, okay, where, so like, if I'm not going to throttle the kids at bedtime when I come home yeah, from work, yeah. <laughs> I, the gym is like, okay, lift some weights and get out that frustration. Patient. You yeah, know, like, yeah. for all the parts of it that don't work or aren't mm. working fast enough, whatever. And um, so for me, that is, it's working now anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's working now. And I, would it have worked at another time? Do I wish I discovered it sooner? Not really, because I am where I am and I did what yeah. I did. But for me, it, I'm going to work hard to keep it. And I think it probably will because it's the first time that I have routine that I enjoy. Yeah, good. Yeah, like I... Um, before I'd be looking for a reason not I'd be looking for a reason to cancel the gym or a reason to eat carbs is my thing avoiding them through and now you know that thing. you have it and it's part of your life and you're kind of going I'm nearly looking forward to it yeah, <laughs> yeah I just yeah. I, I, I like that diet and I really love training with Joe and, and Michael when he's there and going to the gym so it, um, yeah I, but I, I think you have to be ready like nobody for me I was like okay I'm sick of being overweight mm-hmm. I, I and also I'm um, my sons were getting older. I was like, okay, like I'm going to have a heart attack trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah, literally yeah, yeah, are. Yeah. So I, I want to be able to play soccer with them. They're 10 and 12. And yeah. um, I said, okay, that work starts now. And I, I, as well, I suppose I turned 40 and that's a bit of a, fuck it, okay. 
right? Like you're not yeah. 21 anymore. You know, like I know it's coming for me too. <laughs> well, it's going to get harder and harder to change. So, like, yeah. better start. So, yeah. Oh, fair play. Um, so the best advice you would give to anyone who is starting their journey towards their dream career, like, they're maybe feeling yeah. a little bit defeated, or God, I'm never going to be able to do that. Any few words of advice you could give to someone? Uh, I always I. I've been asked that question a few times, mm. different things, chatting to classes in college and transition years, whatever. And I always give the same answer, which is which is naive and cringe, but it's one that's, I wouldn't even say it's worked for me, it's just, it's, uh, so I'm a big believer in karma and the phrase, it's nice to be nice. Yeah. And I, um, like, I, I, I like LinkedIn, right? Uh, but I see these guys, you know, doggy dog, and you got to get up at six in the morning and have the egg yolks and you got to be ruthless. And, and like, I'm, I've noted these guys will be, Uber successful and leave me for dead and let them off. You know yeah. what I mean? I sleep at night. I'm happy with... So even the things that haven't worked out, the people, business partners that were no longer partners, you know, we're on good terms. I, uh, you know, I just... Um, there's nobody I'm avoiding. I, I Crossing the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, like yeah. I kind of feel, okay, we did this, it didn't work out, but like we gave it our best shot. And, and everyone's on a journey anyway, so, yeah, you know. I see suppliers we don't use anymore. How's it going? Might use it mm. again, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even like um, hospitality, you get tricky customers. Mm-hmm. There's no big like, don't again, ever come back here. It's just like, look, you don't like what we're doing. You know, we're not our right staff fish. aren't really enjoying serving you. You know, so <laughs> this isn't working yeah, out yeah. for anyone. Yeah, yeah. So let's just call it quits. You know, like you don't have to pay for your meal. But yeah. maybe shouldn't come back. And okay. there's no, and that's just that. You know, yeah. like, um, and uh, yeah. So look, it's nice to be nice. Has worked for me. I'm sure there's lots of people who that maybe have yeah, been nice to no, it's, it's nice to be nice is a really good one actually, yeah. and I think that can kind of set you straight. Yeah, it's well. It's doable. You can control it. You know what I mean. Yeah. And it, it's uh, and it's, it's so not important. always easy. You know, like this. But it um, for me, as I said, look, I, I wouldn't be a religious person, but I do believe in karma. Not everybody gets the break they deserve, but mm. like I, you know, I do think swings and roundabouts. You know, like just Absolutely. keep doing what you're doing, and it will come around. I'll, would, I'll work out in the I end. I would say um, I do uh, that th- the LinkedIn side of um, well, I enjoy looking at it um. Maybe not, maybe not to keep you up with the Joneses, but like there is nobody out there keeping score. So each other, yeah. so I love hospitality, but I really and I'm always looking at somebody to say, "Geez, I really think Cork could do it at this." Mm-hmm. Or so Blaine would work in a Dublin. I'm saying, "Okay, well I've done that." But yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same breath, I would look at other projects, but I'm kind of like, "Okay, this will be less time at home. There's mm-hmm. definitely going to be more stress." Okay, it might work. It mightn't work. What are the implications of not working? I'm like, who, who do I? Will the benefits of this make a big difference to me? Ultimately, not really. Will the downside? Yes, the stress of it. I think it's the, there's nobody really keeping score. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. When you're talking about LinkedIn keeping up with the Joneses, I think we think, like even me doing this podcast, I'd be saying, God, what would people think of me like doing this podcast? Nobody cares. They're living their own life. I'm sorry. And if they do, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. You're just cheering for people. You want people to do well, I think. And I think we need to realise that the majority of people out there want us all to do well. Soberlane Dublin was that for me. I was fairly... Kind of humiliated when it didn't work out, mm. and then people are like, "Oh, you gave it a punter." She's we went, yeah. and we really liked it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. People didn't even know what happened. You yeah. know, like they were just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were sober in Dublin. What? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, everyone's in their own bubble and just, you know, I love it, and I think yeah. that's a really good uh, note to end on, Ernest. I think we can all remember that. That just go do you. Don't bother worrying yeah. or thinking about what other people are thinking because everyone's just so busy doing their own journey, aren't they? Yeah, it's a good. It's a good phrase. Go do you because. 
you, like you you don't I wouldn't say you don't get reruns because you can always try things again but like I said, there's nobody keeping score. Yeah, you so only just live if, once. If you're not enjoying it, like if you can, I know sometimes, like as I said, I couldn't say, Sobel and Dublin's work out, see you later. You've got to manage those exits and transitions. But in the same breath, like if you're not enjoying it, change it and try and find something that you do enjoy. I love Whatever it. we chatted about this, like career changes later in life, it's never too late to, to like plan for that change or make it happen. Yeah, and don't give it up. Thank you, Ernest, so much. Your Pleasure. journey is so inspirational really to enjoyable. me. Great chat. Thanks, Ernest.